0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Some Things Technical. I'm your host, Matthew, and I'm joined, as always, tonight by Robin. Hello. And Eli.
1: Hi. Some Things Technical. Bicycle. CPU. Martini. Apple. Apple. Apps. Bicycle. CPU. Martini. Apple. Apple. Apps. Orchestra, train, x86, something technical.
0: And we're recording this episode two days after the November 10th, yeah, November 10th, that was a Tuesday, a 2020 Apple event where Apple has revealed their uh, first, um, you know, entrance in the evolution of the Mac line to move to or move from Intel-based processors to ARM-based processors. What we got in this event was three, new, or were three new computers, a MacBook Air, a Mac Mini, and a MacBook Pro 13-inch, all using this newly revealed M1 ARM-based Apple Silicon chip, based heavily off of the A14 chip, it seems, but we can get into those details a little bit later. I, I want to jump right in and just talk about my reaction, because I think that's the most important thing. My reaction. <laughs> These are the jokes people keep up. And, uh, and then we can go from there. And maybe we can hear about the other people's reactions. I don't know, Robin and Eli. But uh, uh, so we'll start out with um, they introduced uh, the, the M1 chip. Like uh, they talked about the M1 for a long time. That's fine. It looks good. We can talk about if it is or is not good in a minute. But then they got to the what everybody was waiting for, which was the, the, the Mac debut of. What computer is going to use the M1 chip in it? And as everyone, I think, suspected, here comes the MacBook Air with an M1 chip in it. Uh, I think most people were expecting no fan, and I, that's exactly what we got. Uh, I think people were expecting a case design redesign. I didn't know what to expect there. I was a little disappointed when I didn't see a re- redesign of the case. But I was very happy about no fan. The battery life is outstanding. Um, the processor, the M1 processor, is beats all current Macs in single-threaded performance and is like number five, six, seven, something like this in multi-threaded performance. Um, again, we'll get into all those details later. And I was very happy. The MacBook Air 13-inch, an incredible machine to start with the M1. It looks great. I mean, the MacBook Air always looks great. But to give it no fan, so no more moving parts, have an updated keyboard, so we're off that terrible keyboard that Apple's been shipping, the butterfly, and you know we get much more battery life and much more performance. It, it, that, the MacBook Air can power the, the Retina 6K display that Apple, the XDR display that Apple ships. It's, it's an amazing machine, an amazing technical feat. Then Apple disappointed me. Then Apple unveiled the Mac Mini and the MacBook Pro 13-inch. And they didn't change the chip at all. It's the same chip with a fan. So they can increase the clock speed, but they've severely hindered the Mac Mini and the MacBook Pro in multiple ways. Namely, 16 gigabytes of RAM. That's the limit for this chip. It's on it, the RAM is part of the chip. I don't know if it's part of the die or not, but it's it's definitely part of like this quote-unquote system on a chip. And what they fabbed here is a 16 gigabyte maximum. I current I bought a Mac Mini in July. And the Mac Mini I bought—it's an Intel-based Mac Mini—so I suppose it is slower in single-threaded performance than the new ARM-based Mac Mini. It may or may not be faster or slower in multi-threaded performance. I'd have to double-check that. We'd also—we also need to actually see benchmarks. While, but what it definitely lacks is 64 gigabytes of RAM. My Mac Mini sitting here today—I have—I don't have 64, but I have 32 gigabytes of RAM, and. To be capped at 16 gigabytes of RAM, my world was, I think this is a little exaggerated, my world was shattered. I'm like, what are you talking about, Apple? How do you go from 64 to 16 gigabytes of RAM? And I have my theories on why they've made this decision and how it could maybe perhaps make sense. But I was, when I saw that, you know, I was just so disappointed and i think you know after that the macbook pro 13-inch got unveiled and this is macbook it's not a pro macbook this is a speedier macbook air that's all this is it's a macbook air with a fan in it there's nothing pro about it um also uh been cut from 32 to 16 gigabytes of ram you know so utter disappointment after the macbook air 13-inch announcement i think if they would have stopped there maybe people would have been, where are the rest of the Macs? And then Apple could say, they're coming. But look at this amazing first entrance in the evolution of the lineup. Instead, we got, look at this amazing first entrance in the lineup, and look at all these uh, lesser entrants that we just wanted to ship so we could have more than one thing to announce. And I just felt real bad about that.
1: Well, I sort of disagree with some of the disdain around the Mac Mini, I think um like the air was a great announcement and i think it's what everyone expected and it was definitely the most exciting one uh and apart from sort of the the cpu improvements i'm really interested to see how different the ssd feels um i thought it was interesting they were claiming like a 2x improvement on that and i remember the first transition from like spinning this to ssd technology was such a big jump in terms of how it felt using computer like way more than than cpu bumps. So I'm, Looking forward to everything on the airfront. I think the mini was necessary because of the, the discussion I was having with some other developers two days prior to this was how are we going to run our build? You can't, you know, you can't buy MacBook Air and shove it in a closet and then use that as your like continuous integration machine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and like we we rent a lot of hardware from some of the people who you know rack minis and stuff and just re- like rent them out. So I think they had to I don't think they really wanted to make like a compelling mini for consumers, but I think they needed to slap like an ARM CPU in something that wasn't a laptop to sell to that market.
2: Absolutely. Did you see Darren Fireball said that I think uh, so Mac Stadium, you, uh, do you know that company? They do uh, essentially s- co-located, yeah Mac, co-located Mac, so Mac mini servers and uh, you can BNC into them and stuff. And I think he said that they ordered 600 of the new Mac minis.
1: That makes sense. I think they're u- who we use for build, so I'm glad they're getting capacity.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah, so it, I, I, I don't like think a, a normal consumer. disappointed
2: that they chose the Mac mini. It's just this, sort of the same, the same uh, issue with the MacBook Pro in that they've lowered the potential
3: specs of it.
1: Is, um, is this MacBook Pro lower spec than the two Thunderbolt version they had previously shipped? Uh, I can't remember if that one you could actually spec up to 32 or not.
0: Mm, I might be wrong about that. And then I apologize to the MacBook Pro 13-inch users. Well,
1: <laughs> the, I've got the 13-inch two Thunderbolt. <laughs> I think I'm one of the five people that bought that one. Uh,
0: is that the one without the touch bar, though?
1: It is. Yeah. Okay. And it's using, it's using the U-class processors, so it's actually using the lower TDP processors, the same ones they put in the air. Um, I don't know why the model yeah, is. Like,
0: that was like, yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to say I, that that's like a model that doesn't seem to fit in the lineup. Like, why does that machine actually exist?
1: Yeah.
2: And you could sort of say that, you could almost say that again about this MacBook Pro as well.
0: Well, I, was, I think this MacBook Pro is kind of fitting that spot, except now it has a touch bar.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like on the one hand, it makes sense to me. Like, oh, this is a, this is a bump on that, like, you know, two Thunderbolt port MacBook Pro. But then it's like, I still don't know why you make that computer. Um, and this seemed like a good time to stop making that computer.
0: Absolutely. Especially why do you call it a MacBook Pro? Call it a something else. I don't know what to call it, but called something else. By the way, I, I think I texted this to Eli. I was like, oh my god, the touch bar is gone when they introduced the MacBook Air. Uh, I didn't realize that the touch bar was just never on the MacBook Air. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Apple had uh, given up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was one other keyboard change, though. Did you notice the function key has the little uh, world logo now?
0: Hmm. There are a few function keys that... Uh, Have changed. Like the F4 and F5 key, I believe, have different symbols on them or have symbols on them where they didn't have them before or something. Uh, I I don't exactly know what they were. Like one has like a magnifying glass, I believe. So maybe that's like a spotlight function key now.
1: Oh, interesting. I think um, I can't remember if my touch bar does that or not. Try to ignore the touch bar.
4: Yeah. 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 Did
1: they actually well, I'm say um, at, ARM at any point in the entire presentation? No, no. I was no, trying no, to no, listen for Arm it, but all. I forgot to, to keep an ear out.
0: I think, so there's two things they didn't mention. They didn't mention ARM, and they didn't mention Intel. Ah. Mm. Uh, they just said Apple Silicon and uh, M1. That's all they said. And competing uh, Windows, or a competing consumer... Uh, laptops or whatever, or however they phrased it, but they n- never mentioned Intel. I wonder if my wife is going to miss her Touch Bar because she, she currently has a MacBook, a 2016 MacBook uh, Pro 13 inch, and we're thinking about getting her this new MacBook Air 13 inch, and it doesn't have Touch Bar. So I wonder if she will miss it. That's because uh, she's one of the yeah, she's like a normie, right? So she's not a technol she's te- not a technologist like us, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, so I wonder, she tells me sometimes, oh, yeah, I use the touch bar. And I'm like, why? What are you doing? <laughs> How would you find this
3: useful? I mean, you have to use it for volume and
2: uh, play pause and things like that, right? Media keys. But you're saying she uses, she uses the, the application-specific buttons.
0: I, I don't know what she uses it for, but she, she claims she likes it some- yeah, I still
2: remember f- first seeing the touch bar. And um, I mean, I thought it was going to be awesome. I mean, for me, that was like like Apple had at that point such a great track record that I didn't really question whether this was going to be a good idea. And I thought it was going to be a nice fit for... I used to work as a designer, and I do some audio work. And in those fields, you work a lot with... Um, values that there's not you don't you're not entering a precise value you know you you want to adjust over like a gradient of values and see whether it sounds good or whether it looks good and it seemed like a great interface for for that type of control but then like in practice i'm like Geez, this is really almost useless. I mean, first of all, it doesn't help that when you do something like a volume control, where you actually might want that gradient of control, that it actually, but it maps to the the same increment values you'd get with the buttons. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, and it actually turns out that the increment values, I think, are actually better for volume on your like if you're controlling your output volume. You don't want that to go in tiny different increments because if you're lowering the volume, that means you probably want you want to reduce the volume. You know, you want that to be like a visible change. With you know, you, you don't want that same fine grained control that you would want in uh, if you're working in Logic on a, a music project, for example. So and the the brightness is the same, you know, it, it maps to like sort of larger increments. So they've taken the biggest strength of this type of control. And it's n- not only not really appropriate for the, uh, for like media, for like uh, brightness and volume controls, but it's also, they are just making it work like buttons.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest downfall is like, you have to look down to. Touch bar, yeah. right? like a keyboard you want to use by touch and feel, and cannot do that.
2: And then, just to finish that thought, even when you are using like a big creative application, like Logic or Photoshop or something, it's just not enough screen real estate. It, it's not nice to touch, and it's not nice to use. So, I, I mean, that obviously, along with this keyboard, are were like the the first times I've been disappointed by Apple in the pretty much the entire time i had been using their computers.
0: This is the first time you've been disappointed? They disappoint me every three months. But well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, so now they've disappointed you a lot more. Now
2: they, yeah, that was the beginning of the
3: end. <laughs> now it's been nonstop. Don't get me wrong, it's been <laughs> okay. nonstop since then.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Glad we're all disappointed all the time by Apple.
2: But yeah, I mean, it's sort of amazing that they're still, you know, putting the touch bar in their new computers. And I still, I I haven't even heard anyone articulate uh, why they like it. Like it seems like it's more tolerated. It's tolerated at best.
0: So I think it's tolerated, but I think, and this is going to lead into my point that I wanted to make about the 16 gigabytes of RAM for like the Mac Mini. Um, I think people like my wife who are who say they like it. Like Apple hears that a lot more than they hear nerds like us say we tolerate it or we don't really like it uh so they you know i think there's some skewed view of that and i i just want to leave that you know that there we can talk about that later if we really want to dive into it but i think the mac mini they're like oh 16 gigabytes of ram will be fine for this machine that's probably true right like most of the time people do not need more than 16 gigabytes of ram most likely right i think apple sees sales data and they see oh, people buy the eight gigabytes a model a lot i know i certainly did and then i bought upgraded ram from owc uh and changed it myself um i assume that if people have You know, analytics turned on, Apple could see that people are running third-party RAM, Uh, but it's probably not the majority of people. The majority of people are probably buying the baseline Mac Mini with 8 gigabytes of RAM, and so when they ship this M1 chip in it that goes 8 or 16, those are probably the two most common things running, and the two most common things purchased, so Apple is probably like, this is okay. What I'm concerned about is, you know, it cripples the people who actually need 32 and 64 gigabytes of RAM, right? Uh, But my question then falls down to unified memory architecture and its efficiency gains. Are they enough? And and I'm not even sure, like, I mean, there's efficiency gains for, like, dedicated VRAM versus, you know, non-VRAM and, like, copying data between those two things. There's efficiency there, so you don't have to waste time copying things. But what is there that much efficiency with moving things like RAM from DIM slots onto the die or right next to the die? Well, is there really that much efficiency gain where you could potentially not need 32 gigabytes and only use 16 gigabytes? Um, if the operating system is, I, I mean, at this point, actually applications would have to be coded to take advantage of that. I'd imagine like if you're opening a file that's like, let's say, 24 gigabytes large, right? Um, is the app already tuned to like only read chunks of that anyway? Or, you know, I I, 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 I don't know enough about the space to really understand that, but I, I just don't know if the efficiencies are there to justify it. But it's one angle I think that I'm not as well versed in to say maybe that is enough to say 16 gigabytes is enough. coupled couple of the fact that most people probably only run 8 or 16 gigabytes anyway.
1: No, I mean, I would expect UMA to give you performance improvements, like better efficiency, especially when it comes to rendering workloads. But it's not going to somehow magically obviate the need for when you actually need 20 gigs of RAM for like a large compile or something like that.
0: Yeah, like my only thing there was like, if like, I, and this, like, there's no, so there's no like swap on an iPhone, right? But maybe the M1 is really good at swapping. Uh, RAM to disk and back and forth so there's like some crazy efficiency gain with UMA where they're like yeah this whole 20, thing, 20 gigabyte thing is in memory but they're just swapping back and forth when you're reading different bits I don't know
1: I mean you're going to hit the normal, you're hit the normal virtual memory infrastructure of the OS so like that sort of thing does happen but it's still like a big performance drop off and you still don't want to hit swap no matter like how fast your SDs are if you can help it I still think the mini thing just entirely comes down to they needed to sell something that wasn't a laptop and they didn't want to invest in building a new SKU yet. Um, Mm Yeah. Because my expectation is like, it's not easy to just take the sock they have and be like, and now 32 gigs of RAM.
4: Yeah. This is a
2: low-hanging fruit set of releases, (laughs) right? These are just like the, they took the chips that they're already using for, their iOS devices, and did the minimal amount of work in order to get them into Macs. And I don't know if our expectations should have been different there. Um, The narrative I see overall from this presentation is the same one that we've seen from the company pretty much since the iPhone has taken off is that we're we're just down the mac is just downstream of things that uh, that happen on the iphone and that's why we didn't get a case redesign right you know like well first of all the like so apple already you know they typically update the laptop cases every four years and i think they already they went like one cycle early with the 16 inch in response to the keyboard problems like, that's gigantic for Apple to do that. So, you know, because these, they plan out these case designs like many years in advance. So, like, I think that, I think they're still trying to figure out what, just trying to make sense of the, the, the Mac line. And uh, I hope we get good, nice cases because I think, I think that the Mac cases are terrible. The, the MacBook, uh, enclosures are terrible now like if you compare this to like where the ipad hardware is like these are abysmal they're filled with like there's <laughs> there's so many like crevices and stuff they they have the, they're making like these smooth perfect pieces of glass and then I'm, I'm looking at this thing, which is, it, this is still the exact same. I mean, I shouldn't say exact same. It's definitely not the exact same. But it's like, this is the TI book from the easy early 2000s that's just been iteratively developed on. And they did all this work with all these industrial designs. I mean, look at all, how, like, the iPhone has developed. Like, why aren't, like, it feels like those industrial designers just, are not working on this product. <laughs> like there's just a mm. different part of the company that's working on a different process. And what we get is like the A team is all in the iOS stuff. And then they're like, hey, we've made all this new technology. What part of it can we put into the Mac? And that's where you get the touch bar, right? You know, the touch bar mm-hmm. is, uh, is watchOS. Um, and it the way it communicates between uh, mac os and a separate touchscreen is i i believe based on the way the phone communicates uh with the watch um and not anymore and, oh is that right they say something about that
0: well there's no t2 in these new m1 based chip- chips oh yeah, yeah sure that, yeah. that's
1: interesting yeah
0: yeah so it's all just runs on whatever module runs on on that chip now
2: yeah. And of course, that story is the same with uh, the visual refresh that the OS is getting, right? Big Sur is clearly based on the design of iPod OS and iOS. So, you know, it's great that we find like we got these laptops, and it looks like this, uh, the switch to Apple Silicon is going to be a, a gigantic win, but it's still just like it still feels like they just have to get their act together with the Mac.
0: Well, I mean, there's a certain sense of uh, relaxed uh, groove when you're on the B team, right? You're not expected to deliver A team material. <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, you know, I worked at Apple, I'd be on the B team. So yeah, it's probably easier to take a vacation. <laughs> probably. Side note on the uh, the new iPhones. Um, I I thought I was going to skip this generation, and i I probably still am, but. I uh, went into a Best Buy the other day, and I picked up the iPhone 12 and 12 Pro, and it felt so good in my hand compared to my uh, 11 Pro. And I said to my wife, who picked it up and she liked it as well, I said, we might have to get these. They feel so good.
1: Yeah. Did they have the uh, Mini on display?
0: no no this they just uh, had the pro and the 12 pro or the, the non-pro and the pro
1: i'm interested to hold one of those but i still have my iphone se1 that is chugging along <laughs>
2: <laughs> so just to, to give a little bit of silver lining there i do think apple is reinvesting in the mac and i do think they realize that they have to and i do think they will get their act together the question is just how long is it going to take them to recover from not having prioritized it for so long because as you see like the iphone it's an iterative development you know you can't just stop improving it and then start improving it and then gain all those gains that you would have had if you had invested in it for those uh like five to eight years where they were sort of stalling there um but it, like if you look at what's happened with the market like they stopped investing when the ipad was just taking off i think the ipad got somewhere around. of Apple's revenue at one point, and now it's down to 8%. And uh, the Mac is at 9%, and the Mac grew uh, a record quarter in Q4, uh, their last earnings report. And I think it grew 30% from last year, probably because of uh, so many people working from home. Um, But I think there was at one point where Apple was looking at the meteoric rise of the iPad, and thought that this was going to have a much bigger impact on the Mac market than it turned out to have, and that's what messed up their whole roadmap. And ever since then, it's been the Mac them trying to get it back under control.
0: Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with, with that. Uh, with that assessment, I mean, I have no idea if it's true or not, but yeah. I, it definitely looks like from the outside what was happening inside Apple. Um, So you, you all know I was disappointed mostly with this event. So how do you, how'd you all feel watching it? Robin, you want to go first?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that stuck out with me is how they, they went. And,
2: um, and the first thing they were talking about, I'm not like a spec guy, you know, I don't know much about when you say like, uh, the the ram is on the die or whatever i don't know what you're talking about and the first part of this presentation was like that right and that's yeah. uh you know sort of famously very un apple like <laughs> so and uh what it reminded me of is when they introduced like to me it was pretty much the exact same presentation that they gave before which was when they introduced apple silicon right i think they used the same set mm-hmm. you know that same uh sort of lab that they have there with uh, the fancy looking uh, uh, machines everywhere um, in sort of like an industrial setting. And it made sense in that presentation in WWDC because they weren't announcing any hardware with the Mm -hmm. chips, right? (laughs) So what are you going to do? You're going to you know, you have to just talk about specs because that's all you can talk. And its about. developers
0: and, were more like aware of what's on a like a chip sure. most of the time.
2: Yeah, but so when they led with that first style of presentation this time, I was like, all right, well, this is not going to be exciting hardware, right? Because like in in like an iPhone event, what the big story is is here's the new iPhone. It's not you know, it's not you know go to that level about, I mean, sometimes they do some level of about the chip, but it really, it felt like they were using the biggest part, the biggest part of the presentation here to me was not the hardware, but it was discussion of the chip, um, which is odd for Apple. But I think after we saw the hardware, it makes sense because, I mean, this is pretty forgettable hardware outside of the chip.
0: So you're disappointed too. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I mean, frankly, no, I'm not disappointed because I was, I had, this is exactly where my expectations were, because I think that it's just going to take them a long time. I hope that they start putting A-team a, uh, a team industrial designers on the Mac, but
3: I... I think
2: that their roadmap is really messed up now. And I think it's going to take some time for them to both do this chip transition and do truly first-rate hardware for it. So I would have been stunned if they... I mean, sure, there was a part of me that was hoping for... Uh, yeah, that they would just do, like, an amazing uh, new enclosure. You know, Face ID, you know, is. was... It was Would be something on my my bingo card. Get rid of some of these uh, these bezels. I've always hated how there's a little lip around the screen. Mm. (laughs) You know why is why isn't that just flat? That thing drives me crazy. Um, But I wasn't expecting it, so I wasn't really disappointed. And I don't. It does seem like the Apple silicone is going to have a a ton of payoff. So I'm and we all knew this transition was coming. So I'm just happy that it's
0: starting. yeah and it's i think it's starting earlier than we all had imagined i think everybody was calling for 2022 at some point uh like a year ago and now then they were like 2021 and now all of a sudden it's 2020 and they're shipping so It's kind of crazy. Exactly.
2: So so that's more the way I look at it. And yeah, remember, this chip was just announced, yeah, uh, in WWC, and we get three models at the end of the year. Like, I just want the transition to be underway. You have Um, your wish. And now we're talking less about, yeah, uh, about what I want for the hardware and more it's like, I feel like the whole Mac ecosystem is in limbo until this happens. Uh, It's not really clear. Are the applications that I need to run on, um, are all of them going to make the transition to Apple Silicon? I mean, obviously anything in that's deep in the Mac ecosystem is going to make it, but I use a couple of uh, apps that aren't as invested, and I want to know if they're going to make it. Yeah, the sooner I know that, the better.
0: Yeah. Side note, I don't know if anybody saw this on uh, Twitter, but uh, you, you all know iFixit. They do all the teardowns and what have you of uh, new Apple products. Um, they also sell like toolkits to, for lack of a better term, break into Apple products. Uh, all the specialized screws you need and suction cups and what have you. Um Apparently, uh, if you zoom in on a, there's somebody took a screenshot of the Apple lab uh, from the presentation. If you zoom in on one of the tables, there's an iFixit toolkit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I thought that was pretty funny. iFixit wow. tweeted that out, so it's pretty funny.
2: Now the question is, that on purpose? Uh,
0: that's an amazing question. I don't have the answer yeah. to, which I would probably never know.
2: Cause this is Apple.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought that was funny. Uh, so Eli, what what was your, your thoughts on the whole event?
1: Well, right now I'm sitting here looking at my laptop and noticing all these things Robin pointed out <laughs> that I've never seen before. <laughs> oh, there is a lip here. I'm so disappointed. I don't know. I think, I think what we look for in the Mac is very different uh, because I don't care about case redesigns at all. And I think if they redesigned it, I wouldn't have even noticed this time because I was so excited about a lot of the technical hardware uh, they were announcing. Like The only thing that I wanted different was the removal of the fan, and I got that, so that was cool. But I was really excited because the, like the ARM chips are really compelling. There hasn't been a whole lot of accessible consumer ARM hardware in the past. There's been a few niche Linux computers. You can, you know, rent something on AWS. Uh, but it's been hard just to sit down and kind of develop for it. Um, Anontech did a pretty good overview of the A14 comparing to sort of like the Zen 3s that were announced, I think this month or last month. And it's crazy to see them competitive with it. Uh, and then also looking at some of the actual die differences. Like it seems like there's a lot of headroom on the ARM side that they're probably not going to be able to push on the x86 side. Mm -hmm. Um, Like It looks like it has an 8 wide decoder, x86 usually can't go above like 3 or 4 just because of the way the instruction set is architected. Uh, So things like that I get really excited about. Uh, To me it also seems like Apple is making a big investment here even if it's not seen on the industrial design side because things like rosetta 2 like i never would have expected rosetta 2 to happen yeah um like obviously universal binaries were going to happen but when they announced rosetta 2 it's kind of like are you crazy like you you decided to build that like i can't imagine how many resources you spent making that work mm-hmm. and if someone had asked me like i would just assume like oh modern apple those do universal binaries and like if you don't like that deal with it yeah kind of thing
0: well I don't know if uh did you see uh the uh the, the performance of uh retain and release on these M1 chips or whatever?
1: I have not. Where was that See part of the problem is there aren't a lot of great benchmarks yet because everything I've seen is still just using the A fourteen or maybe the dev kits.
0: Maybe maybe it was the A fourteen. I don't know. Like they there's some some spec was like uh, it was like Retain and Release was an emulated binary, so something built for Intel running on ARM, emulated with Rosetta 2. Retain Release is still like uh, I believe it's two times as fast as just running natively on Intel. Um, and everybody knows there's lots of Retain and Release uh, calls when you're making Mac apps, so. Um, kind of interesting yeah. how amazingly fast this chip is. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I think that the, you know, these chips are I mean, I've told my friends who are Android users and Windows users, look at these ARM chips and these iPhones. They're crazy fast. They're incredible. So I mean, I've already, I've known about this, right? But then you see it on a laptop and uh, you, I don't know if anybody looks at Reddit or whatever, but you start to see the crybabies come out and they're like, oh, uh, they're not really faster than all the PCs sold this year. Take a, what about this PC? It's the highest-end PC laptop I can buy for you know three thousand dollars. It's not faster than that one. And I'm like, maybe not. But look at that laptop. It's four inches thick and it has thirteen fans. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I don't want to use that laptop. They're, oh, it doesn't play this AAA game very well. And I'm like, well. I'm, I, I'd rather play games on my desktop or my uh, my TV with my switch or whatever. I'm not gonna I don't really want to play games on my laptop. so I guess you got me. but um, you know, that's not what I'm uh, buying this laptop for. but and but if I can just be video decoding and watching video and uh, maybe do some audio uh, editing, or my wife can work on videos from her vacations on a MacBook air with no fan, and it's still faster than, is at least single-core performance, the Mac Pro that came out last year, and it has double the battery life, that's b- mind-blowing. So this hardware is quite amazing. But then you put it in the same case, and it's like, ah, eh, that sucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, on the phone side, I still have an A9, and it's fine. Um, like, I'm not very performance-sensitive there. So that's why every iPhone event since... Like the 6S has not been a big deal for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, what are you? I, your A nine is like comparable with modern, uh, like the most recent um, Android phones, right? The snap, the most recent <laughs> Snapdragon processors.
1: I hope not. I haven't kept up with those benchmarks, but I hope not. <laughs>
0: I, I almost, I almost guarantee you it is. I almost guarantee you. But but like finally having that
1: CPU in something where it does benefit me is pretty exciting. Because yep. I mean, the state I'm in right now is I have. For work, I have the largest 16-inch Intel CPU that I can buy, and it's not fast enough, and I'm probably going to be switching back to a Linux desktop. And it's like I'm sitting there specing out this you know, $3,000 Linux desktop, and then preliminary benchmarks put the M1 competitive with it. Uh, so that's pretty crazy and exciting when it looks like it's going to meaningfully affect my actual day to day there're things on the software side that I'm still really curious to see how it'll work out especially kind of work scheduling across the big little course like they should have a lot of experience from doing that from iOS yeah but it's also one of those things where if they screw it up that's going to be really frustrating and you know the way you use apps on the Mac is still very different from the way you use them on an iPhone or an iPad so It'll be interesting once the hardware is actually kind of like in your hands to look at. But I was really excited about this event.
0: So can we talk about the most exciting new feature that we're getting with these Macs? Does anybody know What's what that? it is? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> bird, just no. add bird chirping <laughs> sound effects or crickets uh, sound effects here. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> the always on processor and the wacko video of uh, of uh, Craig Frederiki doing the bounchicka wow wow opening the Mac up, and the, 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 the display is already on as he's opening it, like you tap the glass on an mm-hmm. iPad. But they try to mm-hmm. do it in like a sexy way, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, uh, I think that is. I, I, that's my what I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, I'm not going to get one of these right away, but I'm like I said, I think I might buy my wife the Air, and that seems exciting to me. To just like my iPhone, just like an iPad, where I tap the glass and it's there, ready to go, ready to do something. I can just open the shell, or if it's in clamshell mode, just tap my keyboard and it's ready to go, ready for me to enter my password or my Touch ID, and off to the races. I think that's uh, I think that's super compelling, and I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, good talk. <laughs>
2: um, have, have you have you seen uh, uh, those memes? Uh, there are already memes circulating with um, using the shots of Craig for Greeky opening the laptop. Have you seen those yet?
0: No, I, I haven't seen anything. So
2: it, yeah, we'll have him like peeking in with the glass uh, with the uh, that uh, the like reddish light. Yeah. And then, then he'll see something like, uh, Big Sur has failed to install. And then it shows it closed before he had opened it, and he has a little bit of a dejected uh, look on his face. So they're,
0: All right, that, that's pretty funny.
2: They're hilarious. We're going to get a lot of mileage out of that.
0: <laughs> that's pretty funny. I like that.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I probably thought it would have been funnier eight hours ago. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: Eli, you have first-hand experience with <laughs> yeah, <right. from> this. <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I didn't understand that uh, part of the presentation at all, so I'm glad to have it explained. (laughs) I think I I had looked away. Yeah, that was exactly the same.
0: I was like, oh, that's what he was Wait, do you guys both, my explanation just now is explaining what that was? Yeah, yeah, because when it happened,
1: I think I had, like, looked away or something, and I looked back, and it's just him opening a laptop, and it's like, I don't I don't get it, like, why is he opening a laptop that way? <laughs> and, I'm like, nothing about it looked different.
0: They definitely did it in a weird way, but uh, it explains why you all didn't know what the best, best part of the presentation was. So, um, yeah. yeah, always on processor. Which could, uh, you know, it has the benefits of you open your clamshell or you hit your keyboard and you're ready to go, you don't have to wait. It also has the benefit of you know, maybe background app refresh gets better on the Mac, you know, like, There's instances where background app refresh is good, but most of the time it's quite terrible, right? Um, This might allow a power-efficient way to be better, Um, especially since background app refresh... And I'm not talking about, like, if anybody's a developer, I'm not talking necessarily about an app doing background app refresh. I'm just talking about, you know, push notifications coming in and apps being allowed to have background time regardless of how they get that background time. It works on iOS for the most part. It has not in the past worked well on the Mac from my experience. So this might allow that to be more palatable and more usable. So, I'm excited. It's the
3: best feature. <laughs> the the feature that for a while
1: I thought was going to be the best feature was I thought they'd update the camera. But
0: oh, then it looks like No, they no, no, they the did the not update the camera. They're just
1: doing more post-processing.
0: Yeah, they, they, they talked about their image signal processing that they're bringing from the iPhone to the Mac, uh, which allows them to make their 720p video better, but it's still 720p video.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll be amazing, and I will be proven wrong. But I feel like all that I've <laughs> wanted for the past five years is just front-facing cameras on the phone and the iPad and the Mac to be like twice as good as they are.
4: Yep.
0: Yeah, you're, you're not getting that here. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're, we're about 45 minutes in here, and we have a few other things just to mention. Uh, I don't know if we want to go fast through these. I, I think somebody said no face ID already. That's kind of a disappointment. Uh, I, I don't see... I guess if they're not redesigning the case, they're not redesigning the bezel, so they're not putting in all the uh the the sensors they need to put in so i guess that makes sense so we wait for face id for a case redesign same with the camera we just mentioned that it's not actually a new camera just new image signal processing so that makes sense as well somebody just added no cellular i mean that seems like they could have done that without a case redesign because the wife i mean i don't I have no earthly idea about the technology between cellular band signals and Wi-Fi band signals. I don't know if they're the same, different, but it seems to me if they're equivalent at least, the case is already um, designed to do Wi-Fi and there's a Wi-Fi like adapter inside the MacBook somewhere. I don't know where the antenna is, but I assume that they could not redesign the case and use the same general antenna for cellular and just add a cellular chip. That seems like they could have done that. I don't know why they didn't. Apple just seems opposed to cellular. I I don't know. Do you, do you, Eli, I know you're like a networking person, at least in the software world. Do you know anything about um, that?
1: Um, they're not that similar.
0: Okay, <laughs> that answers the question.
1: There, are, there are pretty differences with pretty big differences with cell. I think even um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not like a wireless networking expert but um those things are not as straightforward
0: i think okay so then they might actually need a case redesign to allow for different radio signals to come in and i think the last big one unless i'm missing something touch-based macbooks i've it's also like a case redesign right all these things that i'm listing off here are like case redesigns if i'm if i'm not mistaken i I was a little confused about the cellular versus wi-fi stuff But yeah, I mean, to put in a touchscreen, you kind of have to redesign the hardware. I think, especially if you're going to compare it to touch-based Windows PCs, where they like flip over onto themselves and kind of become tablet-like, obviously that definitely requires a case redesign.
1: I would love to see Apple design one of those, just because every single PC one I've used has been a shoddy mess. Mm -hmm. Like that hinge never feels good. It's always like weak and wobbly kind of just want to see what Apple would do with it I think they just they do have a great track record with hinges so.
0: <laughs> I was going to say I just think That's they probably won't do it to be honest
1: yeah I mean I, I would not expect them to use that design because I don't think it's particularly elegant but I kind of wish that there was some like I don't know alternate reality where they're forced to do it just so I could see what it would look like
2: do either of you have any opinions on like just uh, would a touch based MacBook appeal to you And use cases. So
0: I was just thinking about that, and I, I've never used a touch-based laptop before. To be honest, I just don't like laptops. Like they're just not what I like to use. I like to use a desktop. Like when I have a laptop, I put it in clamshell mode and I plug it into a big monitor. That's just, or I'm on my phone. So that's like my mobile. I I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, let's. I mean, I wouldn't. What about? But what about a touch-based desktop? I mean, same thing. Like a touch-based
3: Mac, I should say. So yeah, that.
0: That is where uh, my opinion switched. So maybe they're not actually thinking about touch-based laptops. Maybe they're just thinking about touch-based um, desktop computers, like the, the Surface Studio, that big 27-inch Microsoft one that kind of folds down onto itself. Yeah. I'm not an artist or anything, so I actually don't think it appeals to me. Yep. But it does appeal to me, <laughs> because yeah. I would really want that just to fuck around with, at least. Um, mm mm-hmm and just, you know, play, uh, play artists for a few days, it'd probably lose its appeal pretty quickly. Having said that, and going back to laptops, you know, it might actually, since I've never used touch laptop screens, maybe it's actually super compelling. And maybe it actually adds the ability for me to enjoy a laptop more when I'm not at a desk. I don't know. It's, it's tough because I've never used it, but the only thing that really sticks out to my head is, like, maybe I'll be an artist for a day and buy a big 27-inch iMac that folds down onto itself, and I can use a pencil and draw on the screen.
1: Yeah, for the most part, I like laptops that are just laptops. But there's two things that have me thinking I would maybe be interested in trying a touch-based Mac. One is, uh, I've been using my iPad a lot for presentations now, um, using it as kind of a digital whiteboard. And that's actually worked really well. Uh, but it would be nice having maybe like a larger space if it worked with the Apple Pencil or I've got the Logitech Crayon, which is wonderful, but I don't think that works on any of the modern iPads. Is the Logitech Crayon like a Wacom style pointer device? It's like the Apple Pencil and it was actually made in collaboration with Apple. So it gets a lot of the nice features of the Pencil. Got it. The difference, so it's compatible. It's an iPad uh, stylus. Yes. So the only thing it doesn't have is it doesn't have pressure sensitivity. It's shaped more like a drafter's pencil, if you're familiar with those. So it's kind of like, I find it much more comfortable to hold. Mm-hmm. And I think it was aimed towards the educational market because they were a lot cheaper. Mm. Um, a while back, Verizon had them all on clearance for like 30 bucks or something. Wow. But the other thing is like, Past couple of years, I've been dealing with a lot more RSI, and so I'm kind of desperate for like any alternate input to a computer. Interesting. Um, so I, I welcome TouchMax, just to kind of like break up all the other input devices I'm using.
2: Um, and just to go back, uh, do you mind talking more about uh, how you're using the iPad for presentations?
1: It, like uh, which software you're using, and so by far the best one that I have found is. Um, concept got it which i think is meant kind of as a like freeform or architecture drawing program uh, but the thing that's great about it is it basically gives you an infinite canvas yep and it's a vector image program so you can zoom in or zoom out to any level yep um so you can just sit there and like navigate really easy with one hand move like wherever you need to and then do like nice drawings and everything with the apple pencil
2: And so it sounds like you're pretty much doing a one-to-one mapping of a whiteboard to concepts. It's uh, because you don't have like a pre uh, some slides, and then you start marking up the slides.
1: You're really just uh, yeah. I don't. I don't do slides. I don't. um, I don't type text or anything. It's it's as close as I can get to a whiteboard. Yeah.
2: So you're you're just you start talking. You want a visual aid, and you start drawing in concepts. Yeah. And then uh, how are you sharing that with, like,
1: uh, I assume you're working from home now. So how do you, is... So most of my meetings are Zoom. Uh, And Zoom, you can actually plug an iPad in through, like, USB-C or whatever, and then directly screen share the iPad. Yeah, and they
3: can see your screen. Got it. Yeah. That's a good feature. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So... Um, Yeah, so just my
2: thing about touch, I mean, uh, one of the the big things that I spend a lot of time thinking about, because uh, so many people, when the iPad came out, and especially when it had that big initial spike of uh, of features and still a spike of of sales, and even still today, um, you know, it's the, the... what is it, the Innovator's Dilemma? What's what's the thing where the new disruptor from the bottom? Is that the Innovator's Dilemma?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, so, uh, you know, so many people are talking about how this is going to disrupt the PC market. Um, cell phones, and by extension, touch-based devices. And so, like, I've been trying, I spent a lot of time, I'm sort of done with it, but I spent a lot of time trying to use more touch-based software, thinking like, okay, if I want to invest in the future, use this software, and then I'll be, you know, skate where the puck is going to be. And I am just like, it seems to me that if you are in an environment where you can put a, uh, a computer, you know, like you have a desk, you have a flat surface uh, where you can place a keyboard um, and uh, whatever pointer device you like, that... There's almost nothing that a touch based device is better for. Um, but the one exception is drawing. Drawing is the total killer app
3: of touch. Um, but I, so then, if you ask the question, is like, you know, w-
2: whether a touch based Mac makes sense, like so far, the only advantage to that is that it would. Be really good for drawing. From my own analysis of uh, of comparing what I am seeing, people be successful like using uh, touch based devices for like creative work and productivity work, um, and my own attempts to do the same. Like drawing is really the differentiating feature, but that's. You know, is drawing enough to justify all the changes in hardware and software that supporting touch throughout Mac OS, uh, all of that that would require? I, I'm not convinced of that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. <laughs> I, uh, there are people who really want touch based Macs, right? And what you were saying earlier, um, you couldn't, uh, most people can't actually explain why you want the touch bar. I find it the same reason or the same logic with Touchbase Max. Nobody really can tell me why they want Touchbase Max. They just say, why not? Windows does it. And that's about the most you get. I think drawing being the killer app is true if you do it right. Apple seems like they do it right with the pencil and the iPad. So I don't think they would screw it up. But they also made the butterfly keyboard. So
3: <laughs> I don't know. we shall see yeah I guess we'll see so when do you think we'll see the next
2: big piece of new Apple hardware on a for example M1X chip how far out do you think that that is
0: well they said it's going to take two years so the last one's going to be in two years so say 2022 fall 2022 right
1: who said two years
0: Apple said two years.
1: Two years to the next?
0: Oh, no, they said the full transition. So everything's going to happen within two years, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the, the question is, what is left to update? MacBook Pro 16-inch iMacs of uh, potentially case redesign there. They might go ahead and do the case redesign there because it's, that's even older than... I think it's older than the MacBook cases. So who knows about the sizes there, but... If they stick with the same sizes, right? 24, 27-inch uh, IMAX, And then there's the iMac Pro, which feels more and more like that was a one-off device and is never going to be updated.
1: Do they, can you still buy
0: one of those from them? You can still buy one. It, they upgraded the base uh, model. It used to be like an 8-core uh, CPU. Now it's a 10-core Xeon is the base for 5,000, but you can still buy them but it's getting less and less like a practical purchase. I know they update the Xeons much uh, fewer. They update them in a less frequent uh, cadence, but still, it's like three years old at this point, I believe. Uh, But they're still selling them. Uh, And then the Mac Pro, right? So here's what I think. There's another MacBook Pro 13-inch that comes out that is what the real 13-inch MacBook Pro would be, not this like 13-inch MacBook Pro with two... Ports that Eli was talking about. So there's an event for those two. Then there's an iMac event. Then there's a Mac Pro event. So that's four things, right? Over two years. So that's basically every six months if they spaced it out evenly. Ah, that's my guess.
1: You think a Mac Pro is going to get its own event?
0: That's a good question. Didn't think about that. Probably. uh, What? What? How did? Oh, it's WWDC. They updated. They introduced the Mac Pro. They just do it at WWDC, so technically. Um, but you're right; that probably wouldn't get a full event itself. Either way, the the the, the prediction is: when's the next one? I would say six months. So you know, like springtime, so like April. That'd be right before WWDC. That seems reasonable, actually, for an event. So I would say about six months.
2: Yeah. And what what uh what model?
0: Uh, MacBook Pro 13 inch, the real one. MacBook Pro 16 inch maybe an updated, maybe an even better Mac Mini, because I would assume the MacBook Pro 16-inch would go to 32 gigabytes of memory, so they'd probably get a MacBook <laughs> Mini that would go to 32 gigabytes of memory as well. I hmm. ref- refresh already.
4: Yeah, I <laughs> think refresh,
3: that makes sense. Yeah. All I want are Air Tags, though. <laughs> You're going to be waiting for <laughs> my friend. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think, Robin? So six
2: months, so I, I think something's going to come out by WWDC next year. You've heard rumblings about this, like, Mac Pro Mini or something?
0: Yes, I did hear about that.
2: I don't know. I, well, I feel, like, I feel like we need a, a part two to answer this, because I feel like if they do the 16-inch, and not necessarily for the 13-inch, but what's their, what's their video card strategy? Like, I feel like that's a big topic. Um, so they would need a convincing discrete video card strategy or is it going to be an integrated video card that is competitive for the 16 inch I don't know
0: that's a good question I mean in theory GPUs are horizontally scalable you just add more execution units so potentially integrated graphics are good enough I mean the Mac Air or excuse me MacBook Air can already power the XDR display right so what if people aren't playing games what else do you really need like if you can power that much of a display maybe you want to power two of those displays so you know add a few more execution units but it seems like it'd be okay without a discrete GPU at least on the the MacBook the, the laptop line obviously you get the Mac Pro you need some sort of a uh, plug and play strategy for all sorts of different types of cards you might want to plug in.
1: Yeah, I'd be very surprised to see discrete GPU options on the laptop line.
0: Yeah, hmm. at least for a first pass. So you think
2: the, the 16 inch will have integrated graphics? Because that's yes, historically that's had separate, uh, separate GPU. And and how do you think that that's going to be competitive with?
0: Uh... Well, Intel's integrated graphics are bad, right? <laughs> They're just not good. Yeah. And Apple's integrated graphics are, from what we can tell, I mean, we're basing this off of the iPad and the iPhone, yeah. and from what they tell us about the M1 chip, they're good, yeah. much better than Intel's. So it seems like the need for that discrete GPU option on the 16-inch goes away, I think. I mean, time will tell, but I think it goes away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think integrated graphics are inherently bad. I think when most people say integrated graphics, they mean Intel integrated graphics. But even, even the more recent um,
0: yeah, they think bad
1: AMD APUs that package kind of graphics with a CPU in one unit, that's actually a very capable GPU, and you can play like, modern games at reduced settings with decent frame rates on them and everything. So I totally think that, that Apple mm-hmm. makes like, an even more integrated sock, and with their experience on, on like, the iPhone can bust out a pretty great integrated graphics card.
0: I mean the uh the new Xbox and new PlayStation five have integrated graphics.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean at that point it's kinda like, you know <laughs> <laughs> integrated graphics on the PS5 is kind of like, yeah, we, you know, chain these like two giant <laughs> engines together. <laughs> like that's the thing, like integrated graphics is such a broad category, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. All
0: right, let's uh let's wrap up with the one last uh Point, they made this video of developers talking about how easy it was to make the transition to the M1 chip. And uh, I, I didn't know most everyone in the video. I assume some people uh, are more famous than others. So I apologize if anybody perhaps is listening to this and I don't, didn't recognize you. But the two that popped out were, uh, you know, Cable Sasser of Panic mm-hmm. and Ken Case of Omni Group. Sure. Um, and I think it was. Uh, I, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it out. I think it was like a lighthearted, fun little thing. It, it, obviously, they were kind of doing some kind of interview style and then they kind of edited all the clips together to make it fun and uh, fancy and, you know, kind of lighthearted. And I, I just thought it was really fun. And I think that was uh, one of the best parts of the whole presentation.
1: Did you see John Hodgman at the end?
0: No. And I, that, I just that popped into my head. You had mentioned that earlier. And uh,
1: uh, uh, that that made me really happy to see that come back yeah and like i hadn't killed the stream <laughs> out of character so i still caught it
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah it was well done too well so i guess we can wrap it up uh so for something technical i've been matt and
1: i'm eli and i'm robin
0: yeah okay bye
3: something technical bicycle
1: cpu martini Bicycle, CPU, Martini, Apple, Apple, Apps, Orchestra,
4: Train, X86, Something technical.